additional coin. It's Lee. You honor me with your presence. Crispy Lee. Pokemon so tiny hurt so much. Rat Ziggler. Usually stronger than the average, and has a friendly attitude. It's... Uh, slow back. We will not back down. Welcome to another edition of The Throwback. I'm your host, Chris Meany, at Chris Meany, joined by Jake Seeley, at All In Kid, and Brad Ziggler, at Brad Ziggler. Week three, just about in the books. One more game to talk about the end of the show maybe we'll preview the Chicago and Washington game today last week guys just it was bloodbath it was quarterbacks dropping left right and center this week it's quarterbacks that we haven't really seen in the NFL just pulling off amazing throws and getting W's Uh, before we get into the games I just want to say thank you to everybody who has joined us whether it's Spotify iTunes Stitch or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts we appreciate you hanging out with us today Uh, give us a five star review four star three star just give us a review maybe you like our hot takes maybe you don't like our hot takes maybe you want more hot takes there's a comment section there you can get you can write out a comment that you want a little review um that'll help us out a lot so we appreciate that and if you are not listening at the athletic head over there we still have a 40 percent discount for a subscription at the athletic theathletic.com slash the throwback will get you all of the goods jake will have his waiver wire article out there we'll have some rankings throughout the week all of the fantasy football stuff fantasy hockey draft guide is launched there's all kinds of goodness in there and a ton and don't listen to chris no, only only five star review. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, whatever. If they want to give us a four, you give us a four. I'd, no, I'd no, no, no. You, get, you can one. give you can give Chris a four star review. <laughs> yeah, you can give me a four star. By the, by the time the show's over, you may be dishing out a bunch of four stars for all our hot takes over the past couple of weeks. Nonetheless, let's start up at the top. Like I said, a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, Minshew had a great game on Thursday. Pulled out a W. Jacoby Brissett looks great. Maybe one of the most underrated backups in the league. Uh, we have Teddy Bridgewater who picked up a win. Kyle Allen picked up a win. Pretty easy easily. Uh, but I think, guys, we have to start with Daniel Jones. I mean, there's a few months ago, everyone was ripping the Giants organization. Now, it's just one game, and it was against the Bucks. But, Jake, this was a very impressive game from Daniel Jones. Uh, just the offense in general looked different. Zone reads, bootlegs, like, it was just a different offense. Four touchdowns for Daniel Jones, two on the ground, including one. He marched his team all the way upfield and ran it in at the end of the game, only to see the Bucks miss another field goal. <laughs> this team has, like, eight kickers in the last nine years. Story for another day that we probably Damn. never get to. Uh, but your, I guess your big takeaway from Daniel Jones and some of the weapons, because we talked about Sterling Shepard. Is he now, in your opinion, a sell high? Because you were a little sour on him, but it was more so Golden Tate is coming back. Can he handle outside coverage? Man, him and Ingram got a lot of work. Jones leaned on those two guys yesterday. Well, the truth is, who did they face? Well, they faced the Bucks, but we were giving exactly. the Bucks defense no, a little no, no. bit of credit. We were. We were saying they're not as bad as, as many people they're think. They're not as bad. That's all we were saying. That's that's not – they're good. They're just not as bad. <laughs> I mean, they played 49ers and Panthers. They gave up 31 to the 49ers in week one. They did a decent job against the Panthers, but we were also talking about the fact that Cam Newton doesn't look like Cam Newton, and he wasn't healthy, whether it's foot or shoulder or whatever it is. And he lost so, his job for yeah. good, Cam. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> We're going to get to Colin Allen, I think. But the truth is, is like I'll, I'll just go back to what I tweeted yesterday afternoon. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, look at my tweet. But the truth is, is I thought it was a really good wrap-up summary. Is look, Daniel Jones, some of his incompletions yesterday were completely his fault and stupid Daniel Jones. But look, a lot of quarterbacks make mistakes. So the book's not written on Daniel Jones. There's a lot of plays that he made that were impressive. 
He did better than a lot of people expected him to do, especially in his first start. If fantasy-wise, I think it's going to value a lot of people's perception because he had the two rushing touchdowns and he's the number one quarterback in fantasy for the week, which, of course, isn't the true story of what he was passing-wise, which was good, not great. Also, facing the Bucks, making some mistakes Daniel Jones is going to make, worked the middle of the field a lot. That's who Daniel Jones is. He came out, he played well. I 100% admit he played well. If he keeps playing like this, I will be 100% wrong on what I said about Daniel Jones. On the flip side, my biggest problem with this, Chris and Brad, is I'm super conflicted because you guys know I've said this to you before. I'm rooting for Daniel Jones. Like, I, I would love to be wrong about Daniel Jones because I want to see players succeed in real life. The problem is if it, he is wrong, we're all wrong, and then we're we're the ones that are going to have to say, you know what, Gettleman was the smart one, and now Gettleman's going to be stuck on the Giants for another five years, and that's my problem. <laughs> Listen, a lot the of people – Catch 22. Yeah, a lot of people, I think especially on Twitter, a lot of analysts that are, you know, are, are really, let's be honest, higher up than us. They get paid a, a lot of money to break down, you know, prospects and quarterbacks coming out of the draft. I think a lot of people – I know it's just one game against the Bucks. You make good points. Brad, I think a lot of people, oh, especially on Twitter, oh, Daniel Jones and the Giants – a little bit of an apology this yeah, morning for because sure. and, he did this, look pretty good. Yeah, this was, um, you know, I was I was kind of more on the fence with him because I was willing to at least give him a shot. It, it wasn't so much that oh the Giants took him, it was uh, the Giants took him as high as they did in front of other you know Dwayne Haskins or whoever you felt like was was the better guy or they took him at six when they could have traded down and got him later whatever the what the situation was. The, this wasn't really impressive to me, and I, I know it was against the Bucks, but he's doing this. He doesn't have a legit number one receiver. Sterling Shepard is not a legit number one receiver. Golden Tate is not going to be a legit number one receiver. He lost Barkley halfway through this game, and Barkley was ineffective on the ground to begin with. Evan Ingram was was a beast. I'm not I'm not denying that at all, and he is a beast in the middle of the field. But he doesn't have he's he had to do a lot of this kind of on his own because he's going with going out there with a bunch of number two and number three receivers. He doesn't have that one beast on the outside that that is just going to eat up cornerbacks and take a safety over the top away. They don't have that. So he has to be, uh, you know, extremely accurate with throws. He has to be creative and he adds a dimension with his legs and not that he's a, a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen type running quarterback, but he adds a dimension with his legs that Eli just flat out doesn't have. And it changes the way you have to defend this offense. And I think it is a, it is a huge step in the right direction for this franchise because they just, they have a guy who's at least more than one dimensional. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the biggest thing is, yeah, they took him at six, but I, at least that was my standpoint is that it didn't seem like, and who knows, it didn't seem like anybody was really interested in Jones that they could have maybe just moved back a couple spots, get another pick, and then you have Jones, your guy. But I mean, again, you, you, you get your guy from the draft that you feel good about and then you move on. And, and so far after one week, I mean, you got to feel you're pretty good at least that he had that type of game. I mean, we'll get into Cleveland a little bit, but watching the Browns last night and Baker Mayfield with four tries from the five and twice being able to at least run forward and put that ball in the end zone. This is what Jones did right away. I mean, he just showed, I, I think, some confidence. I, I liked his swagger. And like I said, the Giants offense, were they were a little bit better. Before we get into Barkley, Jake, are you just holding Shepard? I mean, Tate is one of those guys who's available in some leagues. He's, he's going to be back week five. Like, how do you see this playing out when all these guys are – did your tune change at all seeing yesterday with Jones? No, and the truth is, is Sterling Shepard, my tune's not going to change. Is I don't think, to Brad's point, I don't think he's the number one 
in NFL terms, as in he needs a quality number one next to him, but he doesn't necessarily need an Odell Beckham. I know I draw this comparison a lot, but it's just a really good one of Anquan Bolden back in the day with Larry Fitzgerald and other people like that, where when you ask him to be the number one, he struggles. When Randall Cobb was asked to be the number one for the Packers, he struggled. Some wide receivers can't don't don't have the chops to handle that, but he's good enough to be right on that fringe where the volume is going to offset what I said from the preseason, what I say now, and what is it's not that I don't think he's going to be good. It's just I'm not going to put him as a top 20, 25 wide receiver to your point of what we were saying last week because I worry about the efficiency. The targets are going to be there, and that's why I was always on Sterling Shepard as a wide receiver three. You can go back to my preseason rankings. He's just number three. There's going to be ups and downs as the number three, but he's going to be a number three, and when Golden Tate comes back, he'll probably still be a number three. Maybe that'll help his efficiency a little bit. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll actually be a downgrade. But if you're going to sell high, I know a lot of people are going to be doing the same thing because Golden Tate comes back after next week, but I know people have this in their mind, and they're not they're going to be like, oh, I didn't know Golden Tate was coming back. But still, there's part of me that's like, it's home against the Redskins. Then the Redskins defense, like if you're looking like if Stanley Shepard can repeat that and Daniel Jones can have another good game, people are going to ignore the Golden Tate coming back part and be like, oh, well, Daniel Jones is the savior. He's the next great American quarterback to surprise the world. And yeah, Daniel Jones. And like, you're going to be able to get like top 20 value for him. Yeah, yeah, Unbelievable (laughs) stuff. I, I, nobody saw this coming. Let's be honest. I mean, we all ranked him in the mid twenties and to your point, yeah, quarterback two with Russell Wilson's garbage time stuff at the very end, but he was, he was basically quarterback one. Like let's give him that props. I mean, 35 fantasy points is pretty good. To Brad's point in baseball, this is the pitcher comparison. He's basically a pitcher. The initial results are always going to usually be more positive for a quarterback sure. that doesn't have a book out on him. And he's got the Redskins at home. After that... It does get tough, yeah. Yeah, Vikings, Patriots. I mean, then you get a reprieve with the Cardinals and Lions. But those two games after that, they're flipping from the Redskins to the Vikings, the Patriots two weeks in a row. You're going to know who Daniel Jones is. Yeah, for sure. And there are some soft games and some tough ones. He'll have Detroit. He'll have the Jets. He'll have to go into Chicago off the bye. He'll, he'll go into Philadelphia, which is a and soft And did you secondary. see what the Patriots one is? And then Miami and Washington. What Patriots you- one is Thursday night football. Perfect. Under the spotlight. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get it. We'll get a true test. Um, and, and let's be honest. He, he's, there, there's going to be some lumps with him and not just of course. because of who they play. It's because he's a rookie quarterback. Like there's it's not like every game's going to be, you know, a, a QB one or anything like that. He there will be tough games. There might even be tough games into next year. But I think this has at least shown that like this guy can compete at this level. And that's what a lot of people were saying coming out of Duke is like, he's not accurate enough. He doesn't have good footwork. He doesn't have good throwing mechanics. All he's got is a strong arm and that's not good enough right now. And, and there was, you know, the, a, a lot of knocks on him as a quarterback. And I think he put a, at least some of that to rest yesterday. And again, there will be some lumps along the way, but I, I do think that, that it, this proved, especially in the flow of that game, it was a tight game the whole way. He brought them from behind, and and that showed to me showed a lot of a moxie of what I want as a as a quarterback in this league. Yeah, the Giants. No, see, that's 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 interesting because on the flip side, I was what I said about him where I was knocking him was the downfield, like short to intermediate game all day long. And if you look at the team, this team is actually built for him. Yeah. You know, you have you don't have a downfield. You have Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, and then Evan Ingram. My concern is more so with Golden Tate comes back. Are you clustering too much of the play calling into this short to intermediate game and with no deep threat to extend? That's what Darius Slayton's there for. And he's very interesting for the fact, but I just worry that that's that's to what you were just saying, Brad. I'm the opposite of the fact of he's short to intermediate all day long. It's everything past 15 yards is I have a concern with. And if Darius Slayton and he can't get on the same page together, 
and he struggles with that downfield passing. They're, like I said, it's going to be, what did I tell you guys before this game? If I was the Buccaneers, I would just clog the short to intermediate game middle of the field with the linebackers, which they didn't really do a lot of. Maybe, again, I'm not saying I'm smarter than everybody out there <laughs> for sure, but I wonder if that book gets written and then people start to stop him in that aspect, and that's where he starts to struggle. I just love the anticipation throws. I said it last week, and it was a small sample size preseason. I just love his confidence in throwing those balls, and sometimes those like rookie quarterbacks, they just wait too long. So 32 points from the Giants, I mean – that's better than Patrick Mahomes. That's <laughs> that's more than they scored in in their first two games. I mean, twenty two points in the second half as well. Like, He's got was, more rushing touchdowns than Eli's career. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a. I know that's a crazy stat. Um, a pretty impressive debut, I think, for him. And you mentioned Slayton, five targets, three catches, eighty two yards. So, um, how does this offense look without Saquon? I mean, he did most of that without Saquon yesterday. To your point, Brad. Now, what do you do, Jake? I guess if you're a Saquon owner, there are some running backs. Of course, I would suggest that you have the athletic subscription so you can see Jake's waiver wire column that's going to come out tomorrow morning. And uh, There's still some some running backs who are hanging around just below that 50%, like nothing too appealing like the Carlos Hydes of the world, but Ronald Jones of the world. But uh, what do you think about Wayne Gallman? Like would you use a number one waiver wire claim on him if you were a Barkley owner? It's like almost like you have to, right? Well, first things first, it's tonight. It's midnight. It's not well, tomorrow okay. morning. You already slipped past it. Come on. Well, your you're article, just, you're, you're, your article you mean? Yes. Okay, well, yeah. sometimes it's Tuesday morning, sometimes yeah. it's Monday night. Either no, way. it's never not sometimes. It's you always told me yes. You told me last week no. it was coming out Tuesday no. morning. did not. Yes, did you did. Not. 1201 Anyways, is always... technically Tuesday morning, right? Thank you, Brad. It's, there we go. It's always 1201 East Coast okay. every single week. Has never not been. It will come it's out always. on the 24th, guys. It will come out on the 24th. At 1201 a.m. East Coast time. <laughs> as it always has. So when Anyways. you wake up tomorrow, it'll be ready. You just wasted no, thirty stay seconds. Awake. No, the smart people are stay awake till midnight and get the before everybody else. That's the point. Well, I mean, your waivers don't run anyway, so you can listen to it. You can. Some people do. Time. I have stupid league where they run Tuesday afternoon. I guess like people are so. I, I swear, I saw somebody tweet yesterday. I just picked up Wayne Gallman like halfway through that game, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Well, there's a lot. Of, there's a <laughs> lot of leagues that are stupid like that that have just the open waivers at all times, which are just stupid. Especially on Yahoo, where as we talked about last week, is you can drop somebody if they're not in your start lineup and then you add that facet to it oh, yeah. well, good luck for yeah i'm well, glad you happen to be sitting by your phone with like i would just have my phone up with the entire time and never be able to watch the game and, and, anyway and how do you well since we're on this topic and people should be changing maybe you know their league settings because you should not be able to pick up wayne gallman halfway through that game yesterday and another one so I, I play in some leagues where waivers they run wednesday morning and then they lock again until leading up to sunday and it's another situation where you wouldn't have been able to pick up philip dorsett when antonio brown just gets cut right i mean that was a that's a pretty big pickup. Somebody no, we'll talk daily about Daily Fab. Daily Fab is the way to go, period. Okay. End of story. Yeah. Barkley, so, gone. High ankle yeah. sprain. Well, here's the problem. Look, you, you do need to know, blow the number one on Gallman, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately because Gallman not only is nothing what Barkley is, but he's just kind of I, – I, he's better than Peyton Barber, but I would expect Peyton Barber-type numbers. Like, that's just – who he is is the fact that he's above average. Uh, there's a reason he was drafted was, I think, the fourth round or something like that, or flyer on him. And he's fine, but he hasn't done much to this point in his career because he's just, you know, his better comparison, probably TJ Yeldon. And the fact is, you know, maybe TJ Yeldon, like him, he has a few decent games, but you're not expecting a lot. And the biggest concern I have for this, to go back to the whole Daniel Jones conversation, if Wayne Gallman's not threatening the defense at all, and they don't need to, you know, not stack the box, but they don't need to bring an extra defender in because they're worried about, you know, Saquon Barkley beating them versus the run, and they can do what I just said and sit back in that mid-zone area. I just think that there's a lot of 
question marks with this and I'm not buying on anybody too much right now because it's just, I, I don't think we can put a lot of weight in facing the Bucks with the way everything that happened, including Saquon Barkley getting hurt. Brad, how much fab would you spend on Gallman if you were a Barkley owner? Uh, mid 20s. I know it's maybe. not appealing. I get it. Yeah, I, I'm assuming you have a hundred dollar budget, maybe mid twenties. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to blow my budget on this guy because we just talked about how how tough their matchups are coming up. They're probably going to be playing from behind in in several of those games, which means the running back's going to be a little limited on on you know upside just because the touches won't be there. So I'm not I'm not overly thrilled. I I don't even feel like it's a hundred percent necessary. Assuming I, there there are probably other guys out there, and I I don't know a, a great example right now, but. But other guys out there, like a you know maybe like a Rex Burkhead or or that kind of player that I would rather have, where like he may not be the lead guy in his backfield, but I, I trust his touches more than than what I'm going to potentially get out of Gallman because, like Jake said, Gallman Gallman is a is a third or fourth tier running back. If Barkley's not there, if this situation isn't there, and say Gallman's just a starter, he's not a guy. I mean, he's he's you're drafting him lower than you drafted Lamar Miller to start the year, and that's just not a, a scenario that I'm excited uh, about see, going I don't, picking a guy up. I'm not that low uh, for Lamar Miller getting split touches. I'm not, I'm not that low on that. I, I would go for Wayne Gallman well, when, if when you, you lost. Going, Lamar Miller wasn't getting split touches though. It was he was the only guy there. And you're talking. He was a sixth round pick as the only guy in Houston at that time. And no, because it was Deontay Foreman before they got rid of him. Okay, well, I, all Remember? my drafts were after after Foreman got cut because he got cut second week of preseason. So right. Oh, so in any case, th- that's not the point. I just we we just disagree. I'm not that low on. It. I'm just saying uh, if you lost Barkley. Uh, I'm spending 40, 50 bucks because just because you have to, like, in my opinion. Yeah, you, it all depends can't... on context for sure. Like, I'm a Barkley owner and I have nothing to work with, to be honest. Like, it was a keeper league and there was just, there's just not a lot of backs out there. By the time I picked second, like, guys like Jacobs and Montgomery, these guys were long gone. So, yeah, it depends on your context. You may have to be uber aggressive because well, go back to what I said about you Yeldon. Get wins. It's a short term Yel- too, but when Yeldon was starting for Leonard Fournette, that's what did you have there? You you had to start him. That's what my point is. It's like he's starting in every twelve team league there is. Right. So it's like it's like again know. it's like Carlos Hyde. I threw a Carlos Hyde. Like did he have a great game on the ground yesterday? No, he was oh, he was awful. But he found the end zone and he got you almost ten points. And you just hope that's going to happen. But Brad, you bring up a point like playing from behind a lot, and they were playing from behind a lot in that second half. I know Goldman wasn't going to be part of that offense anyways, but he didn't get any work. I mean, he got one target. He didn't catch any balls. So it'll, it'll be interesting moving forward, but I do agree with you, Jake. I think maybe you just have to be pretty aggressive if, if you did lose Sparkly and well, depending the problem on your situation. Is, I will exciting. say that that could change that. Well, that could change as of right now. They don't have anybody else. It's Elijah Penny, who is essentially a fullback. Wayne Goldman will be in on passing downs unless I'm assuming they have to. Yeah. They, they have to probably add somebody. You can't roll out with just two running backs. It'd be typical. Giants yeah. And some of that's going to depend on what the MRI says Kenya today. Drake. If right. you know if Barkley yeah. if Barkley's going to be out six to eight weeks, then yeah, they go add somebody. If he's going to be out, you know, two or three, then they may not. Well, three. To... No, they have to. Even if it's only two to three, you can't you can't start you can't start a game with only two running backs. Yeah, they're going to have to have to figure something out. And MRI is scheduled today, like you said, Brad, and some reports high ankle sprain. And then I saw yesterday surfacing around Twitter that he said he dealt with a similar injury in college and he was out three weeks. But I mean, who knows? He was in a walking boot pretty early. He was running to the pile. He was running on the one leg with crutches, Hop, yeah, which I thought was pretty it. hopping pretty. Uh, it was pretty, yeah, Im- thought, it was pretty impressive it was pretty dexterity. Cool. I'll be honest to see him hopping on one leg that far. I'm, su- I'm surprised nobody's thrown out the JHI signing already. That, that just seems to be the answer for everybody. Somebody needs a running back, JHI. Well, it's, I mean, it makes, 
I mean, it makes sense because he's available, but obviously he's available for a reason. I mean, there, he's, yeah, he's, he's going to get hurt halfway yeah, through he's, the game. He's had a couple tryouts you know, throughout preseason, but obviously he didn't latch on anywhere. All right, let's move on from the Giants. It's 20 minutes because we got a lot of other quarterbacks to talk about. And Kyle Allen is, is one of them, 19 for 26, 261, four passing touchdowns. Cam Newton hasn't thrown a passing touchdown in like four or five games. He goes into Arizona and gets it done pretty easily. Christian McCaffrey – Anybody worried about McCaffrey? Uh, not so much. 24 carries, 153 yards, 76 on the ground, had a touchdown, a big long run there, um, you know, had that huge day for him. But, Jake, any big takeaways here from Kyle Allen? I mean, Greg Olson, obviously, uh, is, is <laughs> no, one, no, but, no, man. No, here, Brad. Cam Newton Brad, may not get his job back. No, Brad, where, where were they? Where did they play? Where was this game? Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Yeah, look at There's my analysis. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's, well, t- it's still, tough to say. Would you expect that's, Cam Newton to go in there and throw four touchdowns? I wouldn't. I would no, have said no. I, under no, because Cam because Cam Newton's not healthy. Okay. No, but even if it's... even if Cam wasn't healthy, like I I he wouldn't have put up this this kind of a game in my opinion. If he did, it would have been rushing touchdowns, and that's the thing to me oh, that, Kyle, that you guys Kyle are Allen... way too quick on that. If Cam Newton's foot and arm were a hundred percent. You tell me he throws four touchdowns, I wouldn't be shocked one lick. Yeah, well, it's a huge if, and we're living in the present right now, and he has a foot and shoulder injury. Yeah, yeah. but you asked me. I'm saying if he was healthy, you like if he's healthy, he would. there's no surprise he could have that game against the Cardinals. I still would have taken saying. the under. On Cam, on Cam Newton throwing four touchdowns, I would have still taken Everybody the would take the under. You would take the under on Patrick Mahomes. It's just the odds. I'm saying. I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't. Like, <laughs> I'd give an over-under of six point. on Patrick Mahomes against the Cardinals. And then All I, I was saying is Cam Newton is obviously not 100%, and I'm not saying like, can't, like it sounds to me. Okay, fine. You guys go. It sounds to me like you're both saying Kyle Allen's better than Cam Newton. I think he's a better thrower than Cam Newton. I don't know that he's a better quarterback than Cam Newton. But I, I think that's the thing about Cam is when, when he's fully healthy, the biggest one of the biggest dimensions to his game is running that, that teams have to worry about. They, that's not the, you know, Kyle Allen's not going to run the ball. It's, it's, you don't have that dimension with him. I, but I think he's a better pocket passer than Cam is. Are we forgetting what Cam Newton did last year? Well, I know he didn't throw for four touchdowns in a game last year. I know that. No, he only threw him for multiple touchdowns in every single game from week two through 13 before he, after he already got hurt against Detroit, which was like week 10 or 11, if I remember correctly, until he finally couldn't do it anymore. And he had like a set was like close to 70% completion percentage. Why are we dismissing what Cam Newton did last year? Well, I guess we're not, but we're talking about the president right now. Last week, we all wrote him off. We said we wouldn't play this guy. You said you thought he was done. You thought Cam Newton was done. No, no, I did. So he's not done now? Like what? No, 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 no. I just want you guys to clarify because it's like you're spinning it to me saying that Kyle Allen is better than Cam Newton. No, I'm, no, not. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not spinning it to Kyle you at all. Allen. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying Kyle, Kyle Allen is Allen. better than Cam Newton was in his prime or at his best. I'm saying Kyle Allen is better than Cam Newton is right now. At, at this stage of Cam Newton's career, I would rather have Kyle Allen as a pocket passer than Cam Newton. I would not if we knew Cam. I know it's an if, but again, we've we all on this show said it last week that it doesn't look like Cam Newton's been 100% this entire year. You give me 100% Cam Newton, I'm still taking 100% Cam Newton. Oh, for sure. I mean, Carolina's going to do that too. Like, I, I maybe you just took it the wrong way. I don't think any of us are thinking that there's a quarterback controversy here. Like, if Cam Newton is fully oh, healthy, he's coming like. back. That's why I was trying to get clarification. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, 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 I Cam is think... back and healthy and ready to go. He's going to be under center and playing for Carolina. That's what I was saying. There's there's more to 
there's more to being a quarterback than just pocket passing. The, you know, like I said, Cam, number one, I think he's a pretty good leader on the field. I think he, he understands game flow and, and what he needs to do to help his team win. But a lot of that, to me, is his ability to call his own number inside the five if he feels like that's the best play or a third and one, and, and he's not afraid to run the option. They're not doing any of that with Kyle Allen, but they're also not trusting Cam Newton to drop back and throw the ball downfield all day like Kyle Allen was. And I mean, it was, I mean, he had it over 10 or right about 10 yards per attempt yesterday. Cam Newton hadn't done that in quite a while when, you know, and, and that's, that's when teams have to worry about his running ability. The first three right, so games this year, Cam Newton hadn't had to, are no you had guys to picking him up? Ability. Are you guys picking him up in fantasy? I played him against you this week and beat you. <laughs> <I picked him laughs> up. What are we talking about? In the athletic league, Banmore leagues, Kyle Allen and Teddy Bridgewater are my two quarterbacks. Oh, that, How hard up Yahoo am I? league is trash. <laughs> Trash when you start 0-3, I suppose. But, yeah, no, and this is the situation I had to be in. Kyle Allen, I would no. not play him in a 12-team no, 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 no. league. Don't do no. that. It's trash because of the setup that Brandon even said he messed up on. That's a trash league. That's a trash setup as a trash league. Why is the setup trash? What's wrong with it? Because it's free. It's, so it's not even the auction budget. It's rolling waivers. It's it's okay. all sorts of okay, stuff. Fine. Like, it's just... I, will agree with, I will agree with you on that. It's not my... Not what I'd like to play in those type of settings, but um, for Kyle no, Allen, in a two-quarterback lead, <laughs> depending on your situation, like I said, I had to well, start Bridgewater. Anyway, no, 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 sure. no, no. I want you to tell me and in I already a one-quarter. No. no, I'm not. Okay. No, not in a single quarterback Because you know who the next no two games are. Yeah, Houston and Jacksonville. You know what the next two games are, right? Yeah, Houston and Jacksonville. It wouldn't matter yeah. to me if it was Miami. I wouldn't play him. No. Like, that's, yeah. okay. it's, it's not a guy I pick up and, and but play there as are a top-12 quarterback. But guys, there are a lot of people out there who are in tough spots with the quarterback position. There, there are a ton, and a lot of people are playing in superflex, like th- two, three of us. We've been talking about superflexes. Yeah, superflexes. Try this, try totally this format out. Yeah, try this format out. It's, Again, it's you're not playing like him 5%, in a twelve team. Unfortunately, the, and you're not playing. The bigger Jones thing to me though is, is the report came out yesterday that it's likely that Cam Newton's back practicing by Wednesday. He made a lot of progress this week, and they expect him to be oh, back. Wait, hold like, up. Kyle no. Allen is not starting next week. No, that's fair. Okay, no, no, no. Hold it. Let's say it is. That's a fair question. Let's legitimately, and we can move on after this. I know I'm not trying to take the question away from you, Chris, but no, it's fine. in a superflex league, you said you're not starting Daniel Jones either. In a superflex no, league, I am I'm starting. Yeah, that's what I'm starting. Daniel Jones over Kyle Allen if they're both starting next week, and even in a one quarterback league, if you're. Do you want to jump into it now? Would you? I mean, I think this is a legitimate conversation to have at this point because of the rushing upside. Baker Mayfield versus Daniel Jones next week. Daniel Jones. <laughs> No, I mean, not even a question to me. I don't think Baker Mayfield is you, that good right now. That no, their offense I don't think is people realize who else you know who's at, on tap yeah, too, at right? Baltimore, yeah. yeah. At Baltimore, I think we could have a legitimate conversation of Daniel Jones home against the Vikings versus Baker Mayfield at the Rays. Now, I gotta tell you, I said conversation. I'm not definitely doing it, but the Browns have looked awful, and maybe with all these concerns that we talked about in the offseason, maybe this whole Kitchens running a team and got vaulted up too fast and he needs to kind of maybe turn some of the play calling to Todd Monikin. This team is like you brought it up before, Chris. Yeah, yeah. How do you throw four times in a row? And D- Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the NFL who was having a good game, and you don't run it once. Like this team looks lost. And they run it on fourth and nine with a draw play before that in the fourth quarter. Oh, that was like that was so, the most asinine play. So, so yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Clearly, the Browns were overhyped. We all bought into to what was happening. We we did say on this show that Baker Mayfield was a pass in drafts because he was getting drafted as a top five quarterback and he was going to have to be perfect. Jake, you had the numbers down the stretch. Like he wasn't a top five quarterback last year. No, even with being okay. Yeah. So 
People were drafting him being that guy. He's waking up this morning. He's been dropped in 3% of Yahoo leagues. People are already cutting ties with him. So, yeah, if we are having that conversation right now, looking ahead to week four, he probably should sit on your bench. I mean, he's only had 17 fantasy points. It's the most fantasy know. points he's had. He has five interceptions and three passing touchdowns. He looks lost. I'm sure right now Odell Beckham Jr. is saying, damn, I wish I would have just shut up. I'll be catching passes from Daniel Jones right now. Like This offense <laughs> no, does stop, not look stop. good. The line doesn't look good. And I agree. I said this last week when we were talking about the Browns. I was more worried about their week two loss and their week one loss. Freddie Kitchens is not getting the plays in quick enough. And they're not getting the ball out quick enough. And Baker looks scared. He looks like he's backpedaling right away, and he's just throwing it. So, yeah, I have a lot of concerns with. He might not be a hundred percent either. So, you know what? I laughed when you said that he has to be on your bench. There's my home league, and not that. Just for people out there, are probably in the same boat. I'm not saying this like, oh, look who care about my team, but I got Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield. Like, (laughs) like I don't know what to do. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think you just play Jameis right now. At least he's. He had a game where he hit his best weapon. I mean, for the it's first in L.A. next week, times. so I guess so. What are you doing, Brad, with with this whole Cleveland offense? I mean, we already kind of poo-pooed Jarvis Landry last week. Yeah, I mean, I said it on Twitter last night. Like, I, I don't – I'm not buying into anything they're doing right now except for Beckham. Beckham's the only guy I want because they're feeding him targets, and, and he's going to – you know, there's he's got the ability to break a play at any moment. There isn't a single other person on this team that I have any trust in, and I I almost wonder if it didn't really hurt this team losing Njoku, um, because basically just because it, it takes a weapon out of the middle of the field. Like Demetrius Harris is not a not a weapon like Njoku is, and hey, I know he, he caught a touchdown pass last night, but it was <laughs> it, it it changes te- teams have to do something with Njoku because of how athletic he is in the middle of the field, and they don't no, have to I do have that the answer, with Demetrius Brad. Harris. No, here's the truth. This is this is the answer. It's not the it's not even the loss of Njoku. It's the trade for that they Odell. made for Odell Beckham, yeah. but not because of Odell Beckham, no, because of line. what they gave up in Zietler. And this offensive line had issues before they gave him up. And the biggest thing, if you look at it so far, Baker Mayfield and this offensive line, both passing and run blocking, has been one of the worst in the league. It's you can only do so much if your offensive line is atrocious. This is this is big time concerning. I think honestly, it really is, and I think Brad, it's still concerning for Odell. Like, yeah, he's getting targets, but even yesterday, like he didn't catch one ball in the second half with that game, you know, pretty much on the line, and and that final drive, like he, he just he didn't have enough time. He didn't have enough time to get the ball down the field. I don't love the play calling, and you can't convince me right now that Freddie Kitchens is the man for the job. Like, I know it's just three games, and he did good down the stretch last year, but, Jake, to your point, like, I think there needs to be some sort of change, and I don't see it happening in Baltimore this weekend for for this Cleveland team. So, um, yikes. Let's move on to other quarterback situations just quickly, and then we'll get into some other stuff. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, we talked about a potential buy low for, you know, Michael Thomas and – and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara was pretty good yesterday, Jake. Yeah, Alvin Kamara was good, but anyway, like, combine both of the games so we can just move on. Uh, I'm con- legitimately concerned about the Saints and the Steelers, and most more so the Steelers, but both of them. I mean, the, Michael Thomas, by low, I don't know if he can do that. It's seven targets. I mean, he got touchdown. It was actually a good game. I don't know why people are so down on him because that's going to be the volume he has, but I think that it could be very T.Y. Hilton-like with Jacoby Brissett and the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to find him for a touchdown or else you're going to be looking at 60 or 70 yards every single week. So it's fine. Michael Thomas is still going to be a fringe wide receiver one, but I don't think that he's going to get back into the top five until Drew Brees comes back. And for the Steelers, I know Deontay Johnson had that touchdown, but the James Washington connection wasn't there. The entire offense looked terrible the entire game. Like James Conner down, 
James Washington didn't do much. Deontay Johnson without that big play. Uh, and, Same you know, with Juju. I'm, Juju had the 76 yard play. I was going to say, Juju with a big play. And that's part of who they are. Yeah. I, I've made the same argument last week. You don't ever take plays away. But what I'm saying for Peyton, the entire picture, is Mason Rudolph watching that game and watching that offense was a stagnant. Is that the best word? Like a stale, boring, just. It was. It looks easily beatable, and I just think that you got to look at that game and say, don't look at the box score, or watch the entire game. Those plays count, but those plays aren't going to happen every week, and that's my point. Any big takeaways, Brad, from those two offenses? Not, I, I actually am not as down on the Saints. I, I think um, teams are – it'll be interesting to see how teams play them now because I feel like with Bridgewater quarterbacking, you might be able to try to do everything you can to take Kamara out of the game and and just see what happens there. Whereas I said the same thing with with about McCaffrey last week. If Cam Newton was quarterbacking and not healthy, teams are going to do what the Buccaneers did and just take McCaffrey out of the game. They they can't do that with Kyle Allen throwing, but I'm afraid that they can do that with Bridgewater throwing. He does not throw the ball downfield at all. Every one of his targets was a short target, and and, and when I say short, like less than 15 yards. So it, it's that's why Calvin Alvin, Alvin Kamara gets 10 targets. All these dump off passes. I, I, how do you not put nine guys in the box against them and say, beat me downfield? I dare you. Because yeah, that's it's a good right, point. And that's and, the thing. You know, how many pl- you know how many plays they ran yesterday? 50. 50. That's yeah, it was my, awful. My pr- it was awful. It, but, and, they, but that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's Jacoby Brissett and Teddy Bridgewater in the same boat. It's the fact that both these offenses are either going to have to be highly efficient for the player that you want, or you're just going to have a down week. Well, Teddy's going to see, I don't agree with that because I think, I think Jacoby Brissett is a, is a much different passer. Um, I think he will throw the ball downfield a lot more than. than no, no, no. And I'm I don't not saying know where they throw. No, I'm saying the amount of yards and the plays per game. That's the problem. Maybe, Jacoby but the, the Colts had a lot more plays per game than games. 50 last year, right? Or last week. They, I mean, they ran no, over it, 60 it, plays yesterday, the, right? That was against the Falcons. I was saying the first two weeks, Teddy Bridgewater didn't even get to a 200 yards. And that's my point. That's my point there. Okay, that's fair. Well, Teddy's going to have to be – I think we can all agree Teddy's going to have to be a little bit more aggressive next week with Dallas on the schedule. I mean, 6.6 yards per attempt. I mean, he threw the ball 27 times. You guys are right. He did not take any shots down the field. And, Jake, you're also right. People are still sour on Michael Thomas. In one of my home leagues, one guy doesn't even want him. He's like, I don't want Thomas anymore. I don't have to deal with him. He's like, man, you just take a, take what you got yesterday from him. Five for 54 to touchdown. You, if you just take that for the next few weeks, I, as a Thomas owner, I, I would, would take be that every week. fine with that, yes, every single week he- until, until Breeze <laughs> comes back i just like michael thomas every single year like gets dumped on like in a down week he was wide receiver 19 like that's a down week like seriously would you buy low on connor he i mean he had the fumble it didn't look good 13 no. 43 you just I, and that's, that's why it. like that's where i agree with brad is you at least we know drew Brees is coming back and brad's definitely right that chetty bridgewater to be more aggressive would have to be more aggressive just to get to jacoby Brissett. but at least drew Brees is coming back like we know that the mason rudolph is the quarterback for the rest of the season i am you know this it was the one of the biggest james connor supporters i didn't know ben roethlisberger was going to get hurt right. i know james connor was going to get banged up initially too but he was fine yesterday and when he's been out there he has been exactly what Mike Tomlin said to me he wasn't lying he's been the offense as the running back he has been out there 80 plus percent of the time getting 80 plus percent of the touches and Jalen Samuels barely gets mixed in when he was healthy 
all that being said is you watch yesterday's game. It didn't matter because the offense was boring and it's not tricking anybody. And unless they give it to, I mean, unless it's like the Carlos Hyde game from last week where it was 20 carries for a mediocre day, but he still scored the touchdown. You have to give him the ball 25 times. And I don't know that they can because they're not running plays. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, right. And that's, that's the thing last year, the first eight games when Connor was going off last year, he was getting 24, 25 touches a game. And now he's getting more like 14 or 15 a game. And that's, that's, it changes how you you view him whenever he's not getting the touches because it a lot of times what he was doing was wearing down defenses and then at the end of the game he would break a couple of big plays because they just beat teams up and they can't do that anymore they yeah. for whatever reason even the second half of last season carries. they stopped doing that he got 13 carries and four receptions yesterday with Jalen Samuels doing nothing yeah. and it's still yeah, the Samuels same like winning said, on the and a season exactly. high for him because in three games he has 34 carries and 97 yards. So, I mean, this entire Steelers offense does not look good without Big No, so don't blame James Conner. Just well. unfortunately, I don't know that – this might be one of those situations where you do sell low because it could potentially get worse with how Mason Rudolph looked. Look, he's got a soft matchup this week against Cincinnati. They've given. I mean, that's what you have to hope for. Yeah, they've been giving up some big chunk plays to running backs over the past couple weeks. I actually every two games week, after. Yeah, Carson week one, all the San Fran running backs week two, and then I mean Gore wasn't phenomenal, but there were some some holes yesterday in that game. So you just hope. I I suppose like if I owned James Conner and he had a good game against the Bengals, I would look to flip him. Uh, immediately. Yeah, Ravens and Chargers next two games. Yeah, so um, yeah, exactly. Um, so <laughs> your window is pretty slow. It's pretty small too. It's going to be a quick turnaround. It's quick, you can actually, quick turnaround. If you're really good in your leagues, you could buy low and turn around and immediately sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, before we move on from the Seattle and and Saints game, I wanted to talk about Chris Carson because we mentioned him last week with the fumbles. Another fumble from this guy again. Like all the opportunity in the world yesterday to walk into that game and at least touch the ball twenty plus times without Penny there. CJ Procise, not a, really a factor to take any carries away until Carson fumbles the ball again. So it's what, three games, three fumbles, 15 for 53, didn't touch the field at all. It, it resulted in Russell Wilson throwing the ball 50 times. All of a sudden, Tyler Lockett, who had two targets and one catch after week one, has gotten 26 targets and 21 catches in his <laughs> next two games. He's getting all of the workload. Um, I guess, like, well, I'll keep an eye on Penny, but Jake, this isn't good news if you're a Carson owner. I am a Carson owner in a lot of leagues, and I don't feel good about it this morning, man. I didn't feel great watching yesterday again. No, I'm and they, Seattle you know. was playing from behind this oh. whole game, and and that that just lends itself to. Gonna... <laughs> sorry, that lends itself to to not not having Carson be as much of the game flow. I mean, they all right. almost all of their offense came in the fourth quarter when they were just getting trashed, and that that came. You know, that was how Russell Wilson ended up being the QB one, but he, he didn't have any, he had one, what, one touchdown pass in the first three quarters and then threw two more or threw another one and ran for one in the fourth quarter. So it's, it, it's, I don't know, it, it, the Seahawks to me were not impressive in this game, but they gave up a defensive touchdown to the Saints. They also gave up a kick return touchdown to the Saints and that, that changed the whole complexion of the game. They dominated the snaps and yards and everything in that game, except for the outcome. Um, no, so what I was going to say, Chris, this is a very simple version. Uh, next week, Rashard Penny, I'm just letting everybody know, 4 o'clock game against the Cardinals in Arizona. I'm going to be watching with my pants off. <laughs> uh, fair enough. If he's healthy, uh, right? I mean, because he, he wouldn't even I have mean, to Obviously, yesterday. yes. 
Yeah, obviously. I, that was weird because it didn't sound like it was that serious at all until Sunday rolled around and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, he's not even playing. Yeah, he's not playing. Um, okay, concerning. Would you buy low on Carson or are you really concerned? On a scale of 1 to 10, how I, concerned are you 10 being the most? Because it's Pete Carroll and it's fumbling and it's yeah, similar to the yeah. Bilicek situation, you have to have at least a 5. But oh, if Penny's not 100%, and if you're looking at a game to rebound, it's against the Cardinals. So, like, I'm not that concerned overall. Like, if Penny's 100%, I'm, I'd probably bump it up to, like, a 7. If Penny doesn't even play, I'm moving it down to, like, a 2. Okay, fair enough. This isn't a DFS show. Jake and I, we are part of a DFS show. We did mention Will Disley. Um, actually, we mentioned Greg Olson, rather, against Arizona. Will Disley, just because we're on Seattle and the fact that maybe they're not going to have a run game with Carson fumbling all the time and, and Penny. They have a good matchup against Arizona coming. Greg Olson just had that monster game. Mark Andrews had that monster game against in week two. TG Hawkinson, who's done nothing since week one against Arizona. Maybe Will Disley can be something for people out there. If you are in a pinch, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be in your waiver article that will come out at 12.01. I wish I would have pushed back and done a lot more Marquez Valdez-Scantling because that was... That yeah. was a fun one. Was Mike Tagliere was on him more than I was. Like, he was all over him. He had him in a ton of places. Since we're on the Packers, Devontae Adams has got to be a buy low. People are complaining about him. I mean, he was so good last year and efficient. Every single game, he was turning out, like, 15 fantasy points. Buying low or, Jake, are you – who who growled there? Or the big I know. Sigh? That was a sigh. So, that was me sighing. So you don't because... even want him. No, it's because oh I would goodness. love to say by low, but you said the 15 is because he's getting the targets every single he's Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing to him as much this year. Four like Aaron Rodgers yesterday. is Yeah, yeah Aaron Rodgers is spreading the ball around to try to like, get him the ball more. And Yeah, so I mean like him. this is the problem. Here's the good news. Philadelphia Eagles on tap this week. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully, you know, we get the Devontae Adams we know and love as the top two, three wide receivers in most drafts. Uh, but the problem is I don't know that I don't try to immediately sell him after if you don't because or if you do, because to the point, Aaron Rodgers isn't forcing the ball to him. He's got a lot of the same receivers he did last year, but a lot of those same receivers are now healthy and stepping up a little bit. Velda Scantling stepped up yesterday. Allison has one decent game, but he's still out there. It's just the fact that Jimmy Graham's looking a little bit better. It's just the, the fact that he's got options now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Aaron now. Aaron Jones is not an option though. Like he, I feel like at this point you can't start him. This is it, Jamal Williams just flat out outplayed him yesterday in all facets. Even though Aaron Jones got the two touchdowns, which is the only thing that that saved his day. I mean, which 10 carries aggravates me so yards. much. <laughs> yeah. Which, it, here we are again with Jones and Williams. I mean, it's crazy. Oh. Jones had 23 carries in week two. He has 10 yesterday to your point, Brad. He falls into the end zone a couple times. So there are some crowded backfields. Just just quickly, with, we'll get into this game in a second. Just quickly, I just want to throw out some, some snaps. Some, some backfields cleared up slightly, and some are, again, still crowded. So Freeman, 90% of the snaps in Atlanta, positive, I suppose. Cincinnati's basically a, a split. Mixon had 50 did receive had a touchdown in the receiving game he can catch guys throw him the ball gore 63 percent yelled in 73 we had lindsey and freeman basically a split lindsey had a monster game 56 percent but freeman's still involved they ran the ball a lot there in that game yeah 36 carries between freeman. those two guys absolutely hyde and duke basically a split hyde 52 duke 48 and oakland will get to but richard 49 jacobs 42 philadelphia this is what we've said all year all year guys and we'll continue to say it sproles 36 sanders 34 howard 33 sexy rex uh, that's from a, a pat mayo shout out there 74 percent. and then this game with jones and i think we just touched on it briefly last week we said jamal williams was getting a lot of the snaps but jones still had 23 percent or 23 carries 116 yards found the end zone but yesterday to your point brad 61 percent of the snaps 
to Jamal Williams. We know what LaFleur did last year with the Titans. It was like, let's get Deion Lewis involved. Let's get Deion Lewis involved. This is this is big time concerning. I now think. it feels like Aaron Jones is Deion Lewis. Like it, it doesn't even. It feels like like he's treating Jamal Williams like Derrick Henry and trying to find a way to get Aaron Jones in there. It's like he. I don't know. I the the talent level between these two guys to me is not even close. And I, I'm not sure what the uh, appeal is with Jamal Williams, but one way or another, you can't like opportunity is one of the biggest things when it comes to to looking at running backs, and you can't deny the opportunity that Jamal Williams has right now compared to what Aaron Jones is getting. What's your thoughts, Jake? I told you, I'm frustrated to score those two touchdowns because I was right and wrong at the same time. Like, I, continue, I continually, you know this, I was one of the lowest and beat on, uh, like, the the value of Aaron Jones being so overblown in drafts and the fact that this is what's going to happen and they don't use him like the bell cow. And what did I say at the same time? It will be some of the most efficient touches that you've ever seen. And yesterday, the yards weren't there, but they were efficient because he scored twice. It's like you're right and wrong at the same time. The usage has to be concerning going forward because without the touchdowns, and, you know, obviously people are going to be like, well, he got the touchdowns. Well, you know, what if he doesn't? What if they throw the ball? What if they turn to Jamal Williams one of those times? And just, I don't think you could, to Brad's point, you can't be excited when the usage is that low. I mean, like, basically, let's paint it this way. Are you starting Jeff Wilson? Like, I mean, that's the truth because I'm not saying that, He's as bad as Jeff Wilson because he's a much more talented player. But are you starting Jeff Wilson on his opportunity just because he scored two touchdowns again? Like, I don't think most people are going to try and start Jeff Wilson. And that's the point with Aaron Jones is he's an RB2. He's not an RB1, but this is why he's an RB2. Jeff Wilson, starting Jeff Wilson is kind of like starting LeGarrette Blunt a couple years ago at the Patriots. Like, there's a chance that at in this current role, as decent as that offense looks, Jeff Wilson may get 15 touchdowns this year and, and do it on like 40 <laughs> carries. Like, it's... It's there's just an opportunity for big points there solely because he's getting every opportunity inside the 10 yard line. That's why I tweeted yesterday, Brad, he's one on one and touchdown only leagues. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're in a standard league that gets nothing for receptions, you have to look at this guy as a top two, a, a top 20 running back. This is crazy. As I said, Brita 41%, Mostard 30, Wilson 27 and Wilson leads the NFL in red zone rushing attempts he has 13 he's actually tied with zeke they didn't even he hardly has... throw the ball in the red zone like it's it's basically oh they get in the red zone here jeff Why wilson, would they when it. they got jeff wilson yeah just give him he he's got four touchdowns in the last two weeks and all of them have come inside the five yard line so he's clearly the red zone back does this make you not want to play brita jake or if you have brita you just roll him out there i mean tevin coleman is still sidelined but man when coleman comes back i mean does i don't know if they can scratch wilson again he's clearly their goal line guy <laughs> No, this is run for the hills when Tevin Coleman comes back. The truth is, like, Brita, out in a non-PPR, you don't have to start him. Right. In a full-point yeah. PPR, you kind of do, and just hopefully he gets one of these touchdowns on his own. Uh, but that's the problem. As we said it last week, Brita is now – he's the guy between the 20s. Mostert gets mixed in, and then you got Wilson stealing all the goal line touchdowns. It's, this is a full-blown, the dreaded committee, and this is Shanahan being Shanahanigans, as we always joked about with his dad before him and now him as well. I, like I said, I think the worst case scenario for anybody involved here is Tevin Coleman coming back because, good God, this, this is going to make Doug Peterson look friendly. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? Sanders was starting to get some play yesterday in that game. He just he had two fumbles in one quarter. They did go back to him, but, um, yeah, take care of the ball. I mean, the Eagles, they, I guess they shouldn't have canceled practice midweek because they were not on point yesterday. <laughs> like seven drops, so many penalties, so many mistakes, uh, a, a big time loss. Seven drops. I At thought, the like, same time, get, get the Lions <laughs> some props because they went into Philly and beat the Eagles and they did it. Like it, they were ahead in that game and making the Eagles play from behind, which is not what anybody expected. I don't think so. I, it was pretty impressive to me. Best the on Lions the board. are freaking two Oh and one. <laughs> 
Yeah, and they play Kansas City this week. So I want to toot my own horn here, but soon. best on the board is a show you guys can listen to also for free on iTunes. Uh, straight up called the Lions to win that game just because of how bad the Eagles secondary has looked. And Kenny Galladay didn't do anything. <laughs> he had a lot of targets, no. but I expected a, a much bigger game from from him. It was it was actually Marvin Jones. Well, him, and then without the touchdown, Kerryon Johnson was miserable. Twenty for thirty six. It's again, guys. It's. Teams are the just Eagles gonna have run a, yeah, they're just gonna have a hard team hard time running against the the run defense, which just makes makes which, me you know, to, to, like their weapons even more through the passing game because they're gonna be forced to throw oh, the yeah. ball to have 100%. success. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So to tie back to what you brought up is you know who they play this week? Yeah, to Green go Bay. back to the backfield. Yeah, to, they play Green Bay. So bench sit Aaron Jones. <laughs> sit, sit them and 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 even play uh, Geronimo. I'm sure he'll find a touchdown in the in the red zone as well. But yeah, MBS like he's Get still Kuro. available. He's under 60%. And as much as we've been ripping on Aguilar and, and that tweet you guys showed me with a video of the guy um, talking about whatever. Catching he, babies unlike Catching Aguilar. babies unlike Aguilar is, is so off the charts um, crazy, but he's not wrong. Aguilar did not look good. But at the end of the I day, mean, he, he still had a ton. Yeah, so he's still – and two touchdowns. He's still part of the, the red zone offense. So still available in leagues. I think he did enough for you if you picked him up and you plugged him in. Uh, and it doesn't look like on a short week that Deshaun Jackson or maybe Alshon Jeffrey will be able to play. There's some reports that he was close, but the Eagles are in a. Sure. In a oh, is that Thursday night? Sure. Thursday night. Yeah, game. Thursday night game. So I don't think you'll def- you definitely won't see Deshaun Jackson, but you you could potentially see Alshon Jeffrey. But yeah, yeah Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. This should be at least a maybe a decent one. Nah, uh, no, Thursday night means nothing. It's like trying to predict the lottery. All right, Josh Jacobs. Let's talk about him. Buy low, Jake. Like more concern. Yeah, buy low. I no, mean, week 100%. one was was the was the big game, but the week two here. I mean, Kansas City was game script. We gave that excuse. Minnesota in Minnesota, tough team to run on. We'll give that excuse as well. Now Colts coming up in the schedule, and, and with all these running backs, we're talking about split backfields and losing Barkley. Maybe an opportunity to go grab Jacobs off somebody who has some depth at the position. And I, well, I disagree. I, I, I feel no, like let Jake go first. On, you got, no, we'll let yeah. Jake go first, and you and then S- settle down, Brad. I know you disagree. He can't you wait. I know. It's a, look, here's the thing: if he comes out against the Colts and the snaps aren't there and everything's in fine, I'll reverse course. However, this is also another game where they question his availability all the way up to game time. He was on an IV. He lost pounds during the week. He was sick. And he's still out there leading the backfield in rushes. And for everybody talking about the passing game, he ran 10 routes. Jalen Richard ran 19. It wasn't that big of a difference where it's like he's not even being used. And he had his targets in this game too. So all I'm saying is, and this is another game where he wasn't 100%. If he's 100% and against the Colts and he goes against the Colts and he's only out there for 45% of the snaps again, I will 100% come on Monday's show and say, Brad, you were right. It's a legitimate concern. Josh Jacobs is going to struggle all year long. If not, obviously that's why I'm buying low because I'm buying low on the fact that he was still out there a decent amount despite being sick all week. Yeah, and I I just think that this team, whenever they get behind, they basically just forget about him. They forget about their running backs altogether, and it doesn't you know to me it doesn't matter if he's running routes because the only thing they do when they drop back is they look at Darren Waller. It's like oh if, if Darren Waller's on the field, we're throwing him the ball. He even got a rush yesterday as a as a tight end. So it's it's. I, I just don't I don't think he's going to be involved in the passing game at all. And I think they're going to be trailing in almost every single game from here on out. And I just have I have no confidence in in playing him and, and saying he's going to get enough touches to be relevant. Yeah, Darren Waller is the man. Like He just gets so <laughs> many looks. And I, I think he's locked in as a top five tight end. I mean, I 
even OJ Howard showing up yesterday, I would have. I mean, top five is tough because. No, he's top five. You're right. Yeah, top I mean, five. Fourteen Thir- targets. Yeah, thirteen ca- catches for 130 yards. Like that's. Yeah, that's, I would go Ingram. Yeah. Ingram was the is the four the locked in at the four. I mean, you could even. I mean, Kittle has been pretty disappointing. If you wanted to go, Ingram I was just about three. to say, if yeah. you're asking me going forward, I don't, I don't care hot take or whatever. I'm yeah. going forward. I'm taking Waller over Kittle. Kittle has been yeah. what the concern of was Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback is the same rapport is not going to be there that we saw last year with the other quarterbacks of Nick Mullins and the rest. Kittle's not his main guy. Like right. he's not just peppering Kittle. And if you told me which one I want going forward, I'm going to take Darren. If somebody offered me a trade straight up, Darren Waller for George Kittle, I would take it. Yeah, and I think you would probably take. I would take Andrews too. I mean, he has. He, I think he belongs in that top five like conversation as well. I mean, he's been, he's look at the targets. I mean, Ertz 30, Ingram 30, Waller 29, Olsen 25, Kelsey 25, Andrews 24. I mean, Kittle is, he's down the list. He's getting targets, but he's there. This doesn't seem to be that same connection with Jimmy G as, as the other quarterbacks that Kittle played with last year. And, and I, no, I, I little, I'm a little in disagreement on this because Kittle got six catches for 57 yards yesterday, and there wasn't a, a receiver on the 49ers that was even close to that. I mean, you, you check busted a long one out of the backfield, but uh, outside of that, I mean, no one, else, no one had any more than I guess Dante Pettis had five targets. He had four catches for 20 yards. So I, I still think Kittle is the man in that offense. It's just not the same offense when they're playing. They're playing from ahead this year a lot more than they were last year, and they don't have to throw the ball as much. They're fine running out no. this trio. Would of, you of rather Waller or Kittle? They're, they're Waller, also because I think the game flow is going to be better for the Raiders to throw the ball all the time. It's not, it's not even the game flow. It's the biggest thing is is the A dot and whatever number you want to throw air yards. All those throw all of them out there. The biggest one you can just do the simplified version. Fifteen point six yards per reception last year. Nine point seven this year. It's just he's not being targeted downfield. Well, last year a lot of that was yards after catch too, because he would he would take a play that was fifteen yards over the middle and take it seventy five yards for a touchdown, and that just hadn't happened this year yet. So, and, and that's what everybody talked about it. JJ Zacharyson, everybody talked about there's going to be regression in the yards after catch this year with Kittle, and that's what you're seeing. Like right now, he's getting what he would have got last year had he been tackled shortly after he caught the ball. Fair enough. Good point. There's a, another running back I want to talk about is Todd Gurley, is because we're talking about buy lows and sell highs throughout this show. And, and Todd Gurley, just, just like last year, 13 of his first 14 games, he had at least three catches. And so far this year, he has four catches for eight yards. I, I, maybe that's why Goff is, is kind of look like and he's struggling, you know, at times here and there. I mean, it was a brutal pick yesterday. There was no need for him to throw that ball with, the, you know, the game on the line. He basically gave Cleveland a chance to come back the other way. But, Jake, are you buying low on Todd Gurley or, like, you just have him, you're just going to continue these games? Like, because his, to me, what I liked about him so much was the fact that he was just a lock for, like, four or five catches every single week and 40 to 50 yards. It's just, like, there was a, that dump-off period where Goff would just give it to him. You're not seeing that this year. And and to me, I'm concerned, man. He's he's on the sidelines, like, shaking his knee. Like, I think he's playing through a lot of pain. Well, so here's the thing. And I know this is another quick turnaround if you can do it, but I would definitely try to buy low this week for facing the Buccaneers. Uh, but the problem is, is I don't want to buy low and get stuck with him the rest of the year because it's not just the knee. It's just the usage. Just, he's kind of turned into majority, uh, not quite Derrick Henry, but he's headed that direction yeah, where the I mean, actually, he pretty much is. I yeah. mean, let's be honest. He pretty much is Derrick Henry. And it, unless he turns one of his pass catches, which are very few and far between, into a Derrick Henry type 40, 50 yard rumble, which the biggest thing why Derrick Henry can do is because if you get him 10 yards running steam, good God, just get out of the way and let him score. Uh, the, the problem is Todd Gurley's not going to do that. And Todd Gurley's knee is kind of limiting some of his explosiveness. 
we've seen 13, 17, 15, like he's getting the carries. He's going to have to do most of his work there. And that's the concern because also we've already seen so far, Malcolm Brown has been getting similar to Jeff Wilson. He's going to be getting the goal line carries maybe to keep that knee from getting crunched under the pile or banged into like Carson Wentz with that one run, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. He's basically Derrick Henry now without the goal line carry. So you add all that into it. Yikes. He's an RB2. Yikes. Yeah, he is an RB2. You agree with that, Brad? Or you want you want to share? Or you just, yeah, I, I'm completely out. It. I've been out on Gurley all year. I, I feel like they're doing everything they can to manage his touches right now. It's obvious he can't handle anymore because they are barely winning games running him out there the amount they are. And this is a guy who, when he was 100% healthy, was the best player in the NFL. And they, they it is obvious by the way they are using him that he is not healthy. They are having, like, they're doing everything they can, just hoping this knee doesn't swell up all week long because he's not even really practicing. It's like he's, he's just kind of going through the motions in practice too. Like, I, I don't want any part of, of the backfield there because I don't even think, watching Malcolm Brown, I, I think the opportunity would be there if Gurley were to get hurt and miss a game. But I, I still don't trust him as like, oh, this guy's going to step into the, the old Gurley role and, and get 35 touches. Like, that's not going to happen. And it was Gurley last year, the first half of the year, and, and in 2017 was amazing. And now it's, it's this is what you're looking at potentially the rest of his career. I don't want anything to do with it because I feel like he's literally one, you know, kind of a tweak away from missing six to eight weeks. Few injuries just to kind of gloss over. We talked about Barkley, T.Y. Hilton quad. Uh, you know he had that quad wrapped up significantly. I, I think he's going to miss some time. Julian Edelman ribs MRI negative. Maybe he's going to come back. We talked about Philip Dorsett definitely being involved in this offense now. Josh Gordon certainly gets a spike up without Antonio Brown. LeSean McCoy ankle injury. I did see him post on Instagram later. He expects to play. He's fine. He's ring chasing. He's 12K chasing. This guy is just fired up in this offense. But Brad, you were at the game and you said before we got on air, and we've said this before, it didn't. Doesn't seem like it doesn't matter what running back is in this offense, they're going to have success. But what did you take away from the Chiefs running backs yesterday? I mean, when Daryl Williams gets in there and and was super effective, I mean, he had over 100 yards, total yards, and that's their third back. Like, I to me, if Damian Williams comes back, I still think Damian Williams gets the majority of carries here because he is the most versatile back they have. But we've we've said it over and over again, it doesn't matter what back gets the opportunity if they play they are they are going to be effective in Andy Reid's offense. The biggest thing to me is when Daryl or uh, Damian Williams was out, LaShawn McCoy went out, Darwin Thompson, that's the only time he's seeing the field. And people were all over him preseason. The, the Chiefs view him as literally like an emergency option. He's he's not a guy they're going to give you know, give a lot of touches to at any point unless the three guys in front of him go down. But in a deeper league, Daryl Williams is a, a guy that you might want to try to grab this week because he's probably on the waiver wire. And if, if, if Williams is still banged up, if McCoy's ankle doesn't respond, Daryl Williams is a must start next week against, against uh, Detroit just because of the opportunity in this offense. This offense is unbelievable. The first half yesterday, the Ravens had zero answers for him. And then the Chiefs got super conservative in the second half. And, and you know, it started raining in the second half. And, and so it, it changed a little bit of the game flow for, for the Chiefs' aggressiveness. But it does, you know, LaShawn McCoy was great. It was uh, when he got the opportunity, but he was, you could tell there was times where he was coming off the field after almost every single touch because he was just, they were just trying to manage his, his reps and make sure that he didn't overdo it and, and make that ankle worse. And then at the end of the game, they just pulled him out altogether. Yeah, Jake, some conflicting reports before that game started with McCoy. Oh, yeah, that's what that tweet blew up yesterday. Yeah, Adam, Adam it was interesting. 
Uh, well, and that's the interesting thing is there's a site that he reports to that somebody on that site who's their fantasy person retweeted my tweet and said inexcusable. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to throw the guy under the bus. My whole point was lesson learned for all of us, myself included. I benched him in one league. Ignore pregame warm-up reports. They mean obviously nothing. And the truth was, is it was like, oh, well, he's not getting first-team carries. And somebody even made the joke about it. Like, what do you think LaShawn McCoy is standing there during warm-ups being like, no, I want the first rep. Get off the field. It's mine. Like, say, like no, it's just – so ignore the pregame warm-ups. The only time we're ever really concerned is if we hear the ones where he's going to test it out and see if he even plays. Like, the point of ignoring pregame warm-ups is who's going to be the lead option. So – LaShawn McCoy burned a lot of people yesterday because of that report. I'm sure that guy's getting a lot of hate. Don't go tweet him. He reported what he saw. He was wrong. We all make mistakes. We've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. Like yeah. I, I wasn't trying to get that guy like flack. But at the same time, I do want to bring up one thing for all the people that say counterpoint or counter argument is Mark Andrews. Like, no, that's the worst. You guys are wrong because Mark Andrews, the report one said, he should be fine for the game and that he looked fine in warm-up, so you're already wrong there. Second of all, he had the exact same percentage snap count that he did in week two. He was targeted seven times. He just had a bad game. Like, you guys are missing the complete point. Don't yeah, do and it wasn't score analysis. In, in watching it, it wasn't Andrew's fault. Uh, for three quarters of this game, Lamar Jackson could not throw the ball downfield accurately. The, the wide receivers on this team had zero catches going into the fourth quarter, and then Marquise Brown got a couple, and, and he threw up a, a Hail Mary across the field off his back foot that I think it was Willie Sneed grabbed. And but this game was, was a running game for the Ravens. That was the, They were trying to keep their Chiefs offense off the field. And that was, they just didn't throw it a lot until they absolutely had to. And I, and I know Jackson had 43 throwing attempts, but a lot of those were, were thrown away, like just thrown balls thrown out of bounds. And the wide receivers weren't getting any looks in the first half at all. This was Nick Boyle. It, Hayden Hurst got five targets. Mark Andrews got seven targets. You know, like Marquise Brown had nine targets. And I'm going to say five of those nine were balls that were thrown away on purpose, like thrown out of bounds. And he was just the one in the area. It's the Mark Ingram show yesterday. Yeah, if LaShawn McCoy, I think, is healthy, if you just got to play him just because of that upside in that offense. And I don't expect him to practice too much dealing with this ankle injury. I think they'll just be conservative with him. Uh, one more thing before we get out of here. Do you want to defend Duke? Because I know you put it in there, Brad. Duke, you, 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 want, to, you want to be crushed right now about Duke Johnson. Yeah, cr crush me because I was flat out wrong. Hurt. I, I flat out missed this one. I, I thought when you spend a – would they give up a third-round pick to get him? Like, to me, at that point, that's a, that's a guy you want to try to use. And they're not – he's like – even if he's on the field, they are not using him. It's like he's an extra pass blocker trying to help their offensive line out and give Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson some more time. But – He's he's not being given the ball at all. He's not he's not being used in the passing game, which I didn't. I thought he might be used some in the passing game, and I didn't think it would be that much of a reach for him to say like, oh, 50 catches or whatever. That's just like a little more than three a game or or right at three a game. I didn't think that would be that tough to to get. And he still got two catches yesterday, but he's not being used as a running back at all. He's he's a third down guy only. And, and their offense is weird to me right now. I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish when when they're, you know, they're they're running the ball. They ran 12 times with their running backs yesterday. And they, I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch that game. I didn't see the game flow. I, I feel like they were coming from behind and I would have thought that Deshaun Watson would have had more than 34 attempts looking at it. And I know he ran the ball seven times also. And, and a lot of that was probably scrambling. I, I just don't see, I mean, how does Deshaun or Deandre Hopkins only get seven targets in a game? I don't care who's guarding him, how they're guarding him. You've got to give this guy an opportunity to make contested catches I don't see what they're doing, and and I guess in the end they beat the Chargers on the road. Like it ends up being a good good game for the team, 
but it was uh, it's very confusing to me looking back at the stats like what are what are the Texans doing with this offense right now nothing Jake no all right that's it yeah Duke Johnson 17 rushing attempts after three games only six catches uh they just don't have a lot of success running the football anyways they haven't for for the past couple years That'll do it for us. Jake will be back on Wednesday running the ship. Make sure you check out his waiver wire column. It's going to come out at 12.01. Again, theathletic.com slash the throwback will give you 40% off. So thanks for taking the time to listen. Enjoy the Monday night game. Bears win, Jake? Mm, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Brad, Bears win? Yeah, I'll take the Bears. I'm probably like a 13 to 10 game, but I'll take the Bears. It does feel like that kind of game. They'll win on their defense alone. Maybe we'll see something from Mitch Trubisky, uh, but I wouldn't get your hopes up. No. All right, guys, from Brad Ziegler, at Brad Ziegler, Jake Seeley, at All and Kid, Chris Meany, at Chris Meany. We'll catch you on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.